I don't remember. It was like season four. Okay. Well, we should break that down <laughs> a long at some time point ago. On, the, on the show. That specific episode. I'm down. Brian. If you guys are willing to, are you willing to join me on my Grey's Anatomy podcast? Yeah, sure. What's it, down. What are you going to call it? Those Grey's Anatomy dudes. <laughs> yeah, those Anatomy, those anatomy dudes. dudes. But we just talk about Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> exactly. That yeah. would be. That'd be. Today's episode is about season six, episode fourteen. We get Doctor Logan on, but he thinks it's an actual medical podcast. But we're just talking about Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> he Do- leaves halfway through. Like, it'd, it'd be fun to do a, the uh, oh. a Family Guy version of that, like realistically. But um, I would love that. <laughs> that would be, I would be, would be Family Guy. Most podcast? of our podcast is just Family Guy quotes, anyways. The like we could. There's so many potential episodes. Like, imagine we could do like a three-hour episode on the like, and they and then they were fewer. Family Guy episode. <laughs> Just, Just break down all every the moment. connections of like what this scene meant to our lives, is and how like your old cat was Professor Snuggles, and now you had to oh go my grade papers uh, because yeah. of that one joke in the, in the fucking episode. Yeah, <laughs> we can get this whole detail of that. Uh, but no, I, I, I yeah. did. Go ahead. Did that bullet hit me? Doesn't Derek he 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 was holding up an, the entire building or something, and then Peter was like, "Oh my god! Like how are, how'd you do that?" He's, He's holding like, up no, the Hollywood it's, it's sign. It's just perspective. I'm I'm in the foreground, and the building's in the background, and it looks like I'm holding it up. And then they're arguing all in a clutter, and then over everyone, you just hear Peter go, "I saw Derek hold up the Hollywood sign. <laughs> <laughs> he had a picture. I saw it. <laughs> who wants who wants pizza?" Everyone raises their hands. Who wants moist, me- meaty dog chow? <laughs> Brian raises his hand. They all start bickering. Peter goes, I had that for breakfast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's that's the Adam West it. episode when he's accused of like murder or something, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a different episode. <laughs> and Quagmire does his like m- melted butter <laughs> sex thing where he just melts. That's a really funny episode. And that's also the origins of, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, uh, you guys mind if I open these shades? And he just starts destroying oh my them. God. That was. They need to do another <laughs> scene. It's been a while. Like the one when he has the forklift, and he's trying to lift up the whale to save it and put it back in the ocean, but he just tears it apart. Or like when they. I think I cried at Kamal's house when that was playing. <laughs> they watch the theme song that just goes on forever, and then there was Mod. And, and then, then there's Mod. <laughs> it's just like. Oh, come on! Ah, there we go, finally. That goes on for like three minutes. And same with the plastic wrap. That goes on for fucking three minutes. The with the frog? When he's trying to put the frog out the window? No, when he's just like trying to get the plastic wrap like out from the uh, the (laughs) container to put it over his plate of food that he wants to put in the fridge. But he just can't get it. And he just struggles with it. Keeps stuck together, yeah. All right, and then I'll throw this away in two weeks. And he walks away. (laughs) Uh, Everything. Well, actually, I've been better about that. Because I used, if I got like a whole thing of chicken, I would cook all of it because I didn't know freezers existed until I kind of my dad was like, hey, if you want to save some money, just start freezing your food and then thaw it out before you eat it in the morning. I'm like, that's a really good fucking idea. So usually I'll just eat it the next day. Um, It was was more recent than I'd like to admit. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this morning. Well, <laughs> not really. But just yeah. today. it fact. was like when I started living by myself. I'm like, oh my god, I don't have enough money for groceries. I always have to throw stuff out. I'm like, what? freezers, Jonathan. Uh, oh. Hmm. So you mean what you've been doing for two years, and I just wasn't paying attention. I'm just happy to see food on the table when it's there. Yeah. How exactly. long? Would, how long do you leave chicken exactly. in the refrigerator before you either just throw it away because it goes bad? 
Well, it, it, a month. I honestly like a day or two at most. Otherwise, it's in the freezer. Now. Okay. Yeah. But at first, like, there was a time I where I would cook all six breasts, and then they would all be cooked, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to make chicken salad every day. And then I make it once, and then it goes in the garbage because I'm going to Wendy's every night. <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> uh, that, that, yeah. that took a turn. So Okay. Uh, yeah. Very realistic. This is coming from the guy whose mom gave him a $100 McDonald's card in college. Just... <laughs> Did that happen to me? Oh, that was you. No, it was that you. Was yeah, you. Your mom yeah, and you would be like, hey, who wants a McDonald's card? And you literally became like a celebrity on the on the floor for that week. I was popular for like a week Everyone there. was like, yeah. me dicks? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think I got like 20 bucks left on there. <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit, that did happen. I'm gonna have to ask her if she remembers that. Like, I, I really could have probably used like I don't know a gas card, but or like a hundred dollars gift anything card to McDonald's else. in college. I mean, I'm sure she's like, all right, this will last like the rest of the year. <laughs> like, I think you went through it like and it a lasted week, a week and a half. I'm, I'm too generous, dude, because I'm just like, oh, now I have a way to make friends, and then yeah, and just like, <laughs> and then when, once all the money's gone, you realize who <laughs> your friends are. Everybody's gone. Talks to you again. Um, <laughs> slowly hey, back away uh nate spencer do you guys still want to do the podcast mm. <laughs> uh do you want to go to mcdicks i gotta do i would go to mcdicks right now i haven't eaten anything after the gym other than uh white claw surges so really good post-workout by the way Ooh. i recommend it yeah you're gonna get jacked with white claw in your fucking have veins. you guys have tried to just like drink a beer and then go work out really hard and see if it helps <laughs> no i did that with whiskey once in college I took like two shots and went to the gym and felt like shit. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah no, that's Nate, I about right. remember <laughs> us making pre-workout in the kitchen and then just like as a joke, but it's not a joke because we did it, but like we just like poured like a little bit of vodka into it and just like, all right, fuck it. It's college. You want to experiment, you know, I mean. But like it, it never ended a... up doing anything. I mean, just, I don't know. It was that normal lifts. I guess. Well, nowadays, like, I'll come home, I, drink a beer, because I'm like, oh, I earned it because I went to work for four hours today, and then I realized that Spencer's beating me in a fitness competition, so I have a beer in my system, and then I have to go run five miles, and it's kind of tough, you know? But I'm calling a, a, a beer, which is, technically, it's just a truly, so. All right, well, um, anyways, I do have a trivia question for you guys. Uh, this week, I actually have a graphic <sighs> uh, that I made in about ten minutes. Um, I saw that, and I think it's... Really well done. I thought it was real for a moment. I think it maybe took 10 minutes to do. Um, that took you 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, mainly just to wait to have <laughs> Photoshop load up. Uh, but once it finally okay. did, I was able to... That was simple. Yeah, no, Ducky asks a question. Um, because we are watching Prisoners this week, here's my trivia question. I better get this one. I've had a bad track record so far. So There was a lot of actors rumored for the part of Detective Loki. I guess that character was kind of hot on the market. A lot of uh, actors were trying to fight for the role and also a chance to work with Denny Villeneuve. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Um, but there was, a, there was one actor that auditioned for the role and almost got the part, but it ended up going to, as we know, Jake Gyllenhaal. But I want to know which actor... You guys think addition for the role of Detective Loki. So I have multiple choice, so I'm just going to read them off. So multiple okay. choice. Option A, Mark Wahlberg. Option B, Ryan Gosling. Option C, Jared Leto. Option D, Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow, so most all A-list guys. So my guess wasn't even so in John, there. Yeah, I was going to say first. Like, I was going to say Christian Bale. you want to go with which uh actor you want to go with for who you may have uh, thought took on the role of detective loki so it's leo 
<laughs> Leo. Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Gosling. Gosling. And Jared Leto. I, I'm, I'm Jared Leto. Unf- it's, it sucks because, like, I hope to God it wasn't Mark Wahlberg because that would be – I just could not see him in this in this really dramatic performance with Hugh Jackman. I feel like Hugh Jackman beat the shit out of him. Um, I know who I'm going Jared for. Leto seems like – an obvious pick but he i don't know because in 2014 is when he did dallas buyers clubs when he really blew up for that his performance um mm, yeah who was the other one we have mark Wahlberg, we have ryan gosling <laughs> we have jared Leto, and we have leonardo dicaprio i'm gonna say ryan gosling ryan gosling okay. i think he could pull this off but that's i feel like that you just put that in there because you thought i would pick it okay fair enough maybe nate yeah that was going to be my uh, pick, so since you picked it, I will go with Ryan Gosling. We can both be wrong. No, you can still go with Ryan Gosling. It's probably Jared Leto. Why should I go with Ryan Gosling, Spencer? Is that because you want me to get a point? We're both... You, you, you could just... Mm. I'm just saying you could go with him. You don't have to give John the benefit of the doubt. He's he's the only just... one that I can see playing Loki because he's normally got like a straight face and Are serious. Sure? So I'll go with Ryan Gosling. The real answer is Tom Hiddleston. It's actually Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) Fuck you guys. Okay, so in case this was going to happen, I have a bonus question, a tiebreaker, because you guys are both correct. Ryan Gosling was the actor that was who auditioned (laughs) to play Detective Loki. What? But what? But he did Place Beyond the Pines instead, maybe? Uh, It was around the same time. Came out the same year. I just know that Denis Villeneuve and Jake Gyllenhaal had just worked on uh, Enemy, and they had a great time working together. So I think Jake Gyllenhaal just offered the part, uh, even though they were auditioning. But um, all right, so here's my backup question. You guys tied. I want. I want to see if we can get a winner here. There was another Oscar-winning actress that was rumored for a role in this movie as well during pre-production. Here we go. We got Kate Blanchett, Jessica Chastain. Jessica Lange and Julia Roberts. It has think? to be Jessica Lange to play Holly. It has Ooh, to be. Okay, that's a good guess. Good guess. To play who? Uh, to Holly. play the 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 aunt of of Alex, the Holly the crazy Jones. lady. Uh, that's who I would I would I would guess. Okay. I guess. Um. I'm gonna go with. Well, no. Uh, no, I'll I'll go with Kate Blanchett. She's the only one that I feel like could like fit in. Kind of right, isn't he? It was Jessica Chastain. She yeah. was oh. I don't know what role, but it just was in the okay. trivia. Okay. Um, she may, maybe she would have played uh, Maria Bello's character, like the wife. Well, I look it, it, and just been Jessica Chastain and drugged all the time. Because I, I has she ever played a movie where she doesn't have red hair? Yeah, she has blonde hair Molly's game. in some oh, movie, that. and I can't remember the movie. Oh, um, The Worst Year or something, like Most, most Dangerous year? year. Yeah, I think okay. that's it. That one with it. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. It's yeah. just hard for me to see her in this movie because I just, for some reason, don't see a redhead. The Help? She has a she has blonde hair, I think. I haven't seen The Help. Okay. I thought Emma Stone had blonde hair in that one. I haven't seen the movie, so you could be correct. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I haven't either. I just know like everyone from the cast of The Help have now won an Oscar. With like Octavia Spencer, Viola Davis, Emma Stone, now Jessica Chastain. Speaking of Viola Davis, she was in this movie. Viola Davis was in this movie, yeah. She was. Um, All right. uh, Well, congratulations. I think you guys got the dub. Uh, Both of you. You can get a point. Uh, You guys both got Ryan Gosling. Uh, I did stump you on the follow-up, but that was just to see if one of you guys could get the dub. Um, So, 
Good job. Ryan Gosling. Jessica been Chastain would have been my uh, last guess for that. That's true. Honestly. Ryan Gosling would have been an interesting choice, nevertheless, as uh, yeah, as Loki. So, Welcome back to Collector's Corner, hosted by us, those movie dudes. It's a show where one of us dusts off the film from a physical media collection. We put it in the Blu-ray player to watch. And we get together and we discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, and why the hell we bought the film in the first place. And this week, we are diving into John's physical media collection, uh, his little disc sleeves doesn't even have the uh the cases with them but he has the discs the optical discs that's all that matters um but he pulled out prisoners so john why did did. you choose prisoners for us to watch this week because it's a fucking great movie i love this genre the, the kind of mystery crime thriller um i love this year in film uh 2013 i would i would argue to say this is the best like year of great movies since i've been alive on this planet in terms of movies that were released in that year collectively um i think there's a lot of movies from this year that i would put at like a top of a decade list or something like that which if you go on my letterbox you'll see that a lot of films from 2013 happen to be on a list like that like place beyond the pines her spectacular now wolf of wall street captain phillips i mean the list goes on like and this is one of those movies where two amazing actors basically are just like clashing head-to-head paul dano doing a performance that is a paul dano performance he's at his best and then denis villeneuve where he is this was like his first film after enemy when he really gets to kind of just no this wasn't his first. Oh, was it the one? In, um, well, Incendies was. You're missing a couple of Incendies. Like, that's the one on I haven't the, seen on the map. No, but this movie came out before Enemy did. I don't know if you remember that. In, okay. Enemy was shot I before didn't. Prisoners, but just in the release strategy. Because I remember this movie came out, and then like literally like, a couple months later, you and I saw the poster for Enemy, seeing that it was Jake Gyllenhaal and the same director as Prisoners. Okay. We were like, Wait, what the fuck? But it was yeah, it was shot beforehand. I just wanted to okay. correct you there, it, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's that's why you're here, Ducky. Um, thank you. But yeah, I mean, there's a myriad of reasons why I wanted to watch this. I've seen it, obviously, since theaters, but um, it's it's just such a great movie that I just love to talk about, and uh, this, is, this is why we have the podcast. So I uh, pulled it out of the sleeve, threw it in. It was going up against Zodiac, very similar films, fairly both have these sort of like maze kind of... Uh, red her- what was it called? Red herring kind of situations with these puzzles that the detectives have to figure out so it's just fun it, i love the mystery elements fun. of these films and it, it's fun in a sense it's uh okay. it's fun for the audience to decipher um but it is also dark and depressing and horrific so yeah it's all those things it's cool because i i do remember this 2013 was the year when you and i started uh, like we had the movie pass come in we were doing movie reviews on youtube at the time we were in high school and yeah, we oh, saw yeah. the trailers for Prisoners, and I think we even were like, "This looks like shit." Like, what the fuck? Okay, sure, we'll go see really? it. I, I feel I vaguely remember seeing the trailer, like, and we were both like, "All right, whatever, we'll go and see it and review it." And we both did separately, uh, and we both really liked it, and we did that review uh, in the rain. That was a fun video. Uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> where we did a little skit. This was where like I after you. So one of was... the creative little skits we did because like this was at a time where we were trying to do a cool skit for every video and this was one of my favorites that we did where basically spencer kidnaps me and tries to bury me and then as he's trying to bury me i wake up and i'm like oh shit you want to review prisoners and then we review prisoners in the middle of the woods it was cute yeah it's wonderful genius concept (laughs) uh but yeah uh i hadn't seen this movie since i mean it's been almost 10 years wow really eight and a half years yeah since this movie came out 
And I have not seen this movie since theaters, since I took my girlfriend to go see it instead of going to the homecoming dance. And she's forever, she's never going to let that down because it terrified her. It scarred her for fucking life. Uh, and so I just never revisited this movie, but I bought the Blu-ray. I was like, all right, someday I will. And it just it turned out had to be for the episode. So yeah, it's my second time watching it in general. But Nate, I mean, this movie, you had the poster in your room in college. I Never forget that. I mean, how many times have you generic seen this poster? Mm-hmm. It's a generic poster. It's one of those. I I've seen this movie probably at least a handful of times since you introduced me to it in uh, 2017. Because it was one of those ones that you just kept saying, "How have you not seen Prisoners? Like you like Jake Gyllenhaal, you need to watch Prisoners. Like watch Prisoners, you're gonna like it." And I never watched it until finally one night I put it in and I was blown away. And I, I can pop it in any time. Like if we weren't doing this right now, I would probably just get on my bed and just finish it because it's playing right now, just because it's that good and just some of my favorite performances. And I think it might be in my top 10 of all time. Maybe. Wow. It's quite possible. I didn't even realize that. I I knew you liked it a lot, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big statement. Okay. Because there's only one thing in this movie to me that ruins it, (laughs) but it's so stupid. We'll talk about it, but Mm. Yeah, no, I just you love this same, movie. And... So, no, sorry. You had the same, in our very first Collector's Corner episode, you had one little thing that ruined the Green Mile for you, too. And you just said the same thing about this movie, and it just happens to be one of your favorite movies. So I'm interested to hear what you say. I kind of forgot what I said it was about it the was Green the Mile. Scene, <laughs> it was a shot when he's in the oh, kitchen, yeah, and he's like right after he... he Right after his uh, pancreatic oh, thing was fixed, in the foreground or something. I was like, Nate, what the fuck? <laughs> it's not even like a story element Tom or Hanks anything is, important. He's standing there looking at his wife, and it just, it, it just, it, it just yeah. doesn't. That was like could have been the choice of an editor. Like it, it just ruined it for you. It's like, <laughs> the, the the one I'll bring up for prisoners will make a lot more sense because you might remember it. Okay. Um, it's also just kind of a quick instant, but like I said, we'll get into it. But I love this movie. I'm very glad. Yeah, no, and for me, yeah. Yeah, long overdue rewatch. So yeah, glad you picked it, and uh, let's get into it. So Prisoners, if you uh, have not seen this movie, just a little info about it. It is directed by Denis Villeneuve, who went off to make amazing sci-fi movies like Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, he just did Dune, and he's going to go win the Oscar for Dune Part 2, guarantee it. Um, so that's pretty exciting, because this is one of his like first movies that kind of put him on the map. Uh, War and... Machine Part 1. That's <laughs> so the cast is absolutely <laughs> stacked. Has Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano, Terrence Howard, and Viola Davis. Yeah, John, I did put it in mainstream boy uh, terminology for you. So it has Wolverine, Mysterio, Riddler, War Machine, Part 1, because he was recast as Don Cheadle (laughs) Uh and Amanda Waller. He he wanted too much money. He wanted Iron Man money, because he was in Iron Man 2, right? That's when they introduced War Machine. And then it was like really before Marvel took off, took off. And he's like, I want Robert Downey Jr. money. And they were like, how about you go fuck yourself? And they yeah. brought in Don Cheadle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. so. And now Don Cheadle has his own spinoff show coming out soon. So whatever. I think. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Terrence Howard. It was you're awesome. Okay it was War Machine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the plot, uh, when yeah. Keller Dover's daughter and her friend go missing, he takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. That is the IMDb logline. Uh, there's a lot more hmm. to the movie than just that. But this still has critical acclaim, and I was kind of surprised to go back and see this. It has an 8.1 in IMDb, so that means it's number 172 in the top 250, so it has a good spot there. 
Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has an 81%, Audience has an 87%, and Letterboxd 4.2. That's pretty high for Letterboxd as well. That's to pretty have, like, good. I'm actually um, kind of surprised with the... I don't know, 81's not low, but 81 not, is... It, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's dark. Mm. It's dark subject matters, and it's it's not quite for everyone's taste, because it, it, it definitely doesn't hold back, but... Um, yeah, prisoners. I'm more, here we go. I'm more surprised with the audience being higher, just mainly because with Villeneuve's di- directing style, he does leave things up for interpretation a little bit. Like, I mean, obviously with his other movies like Enemy, it's very much up for interpretation. But there are moments that in this film you're like leading up to a moment. And you're like, okay, please reveal this for the audience, and he doesn't. Um, so I would expect the audience to be lower for some reason, but audiences yeah, also love ensembles, and I mean this ensemble is excellent, and everyone delivers like career best performances here. So I mean that could be yeah. why the audience is so high. And also it doesn't, oh my God. it's bleak, but there is some light at the end of the tunnel in in, in a sense. Uh, if you can, oh, 100%. try to find the yeah. light, there is that. It is there. So I mean it doesn't. It's not necessarily like come and see or i haven't even seen the movie i'm just trying to reference something so bleak and disturbing <laughs> i shouldn't do that yeah uh you just gave me a good choice uh, yeah. for uh, an upcoming oh, pick so all right here we go but yeah <laughs> prisoners um this movie's fucking crazy it's insane it's amazing it's though such a good oh, fucking movie i love it i mean i i think I that it. there's a lot to the story here in this movie there's a lot that you will not notice the first time around because you're really just trying to be like damn all right where are these girls? Who has these girls? It's got to be Paul Dano, right? Because you're you're really watching it from the perspective of a, a dad who is distraught. But you're following these characters who have such different roles and they're going through so much different trauma. Like you have Loki, who's this very seasoned kind of detective who is known for solving every case. So he is he's expected to figure this out. And then you also have Dover's character, who is this freaking dad who would do anything for his family. And then they clash, and it's just one of the most incredible kind of these two A-list actors at their best going at each other, and it's it's phenomenal. It really is, especially paired with Villeneuve's storytelling and directing style, and God, it's just in the genre of the film as well, where it's it's just this mystery crime thriller that's so raw, and it's just fucking crazy. I don't know what it is, but this movie has it (laughs) stop just stop and whether that be great atmosphere great characters an unexpected pair of sunglasses um this movie just has just this overbearing sense of dread and this feeling that like even if you've seen it a hundred times, you know what's going to happen, but you can't do anything about it. Like I feel the same way about Prisoners that I do about Interstellar, because I know what's mm. going to happen, but I can't do anything to stop it. So it's just you feel vulnerable, like you can't do anything to help these characters. And yeah, uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal—it's like two freight trains, yeah, just running into each other with their performances. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal steals it a little bit. He just he's so methodical, but he's he's not also a good cop, really. Like you see how he handles Alex Jones when he pulls him out of the van. He's like pushing him towards the woods like, show me where those girls are 
or he has him cornered when he's interrogating him. Like, he's not necessarily a good cop, but in this case, in this situation, he is. But he he has very unorthodox ways of putting the pieces together. There's scenes where he really but, hits his boiling point, you know, like with uh, the keyboard, with the keyboard with you know with Bob Taylor's character or the name of the character mm-hmm. Bob Taylor when he finally like breaks into the house and just like smashes his nose up against a wall. Does the same thing with Alex Jones. Alex Jones, like he is a, a seasoned cop that's been through some shit already. And he just wants to figure this case out, especially with Hugh Jackman's character breathing down his neck and his the, the chief of police being honestly such a kind of a fucking asshole doing nothing. Almost a terrible God, he was chief. so annoying. Terrible. Every scene with him, it's like, oh, yeah, I told you so. It's like, no, fuck you. You're just sitting on your ass and going home when you're needed. It's like, God, man. But Jake Gyllenhaal is just phenomenal. And with the scenes when he is like face to face with Hugh Jackman at his throat. He's so reserved, and he he's saying all the things he needs to say, but he keeps his composure, and I love that about him. He's not just like, you know, you just shut the fuck up. He's like, no, you just need to go home, Mr. Dover. Like, just go home. Let me do my job. You don't really think I'm gonna. You don't really think I'm gonna let you get in the car after drinking, <laughs> right? And he goes, I'll, I'll walk. walk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, problem solved. There was a lot that I did still remember from this movie going into this rewatch, um, but. A handful of things I completely forgot about. Like, I completely forgot about the whole uh, Bob Taylor side plot with David uh, Dusmalchian. Like, I remember, like, the... Actually, there was a scene leading up to it when they go to the candlelight service. And then I'm like, wait a second. Is there a foot chase here? Or is that, like... Is that a different movie? Is that Gone Girl? Or is that, like, uh, uh, Zodiac? Or is some other serial killer movie? I'm like, oh, wait, no. It's this movie. And then I forgot about this whole, like, hooded figure that also creeps into people's houses and, like, steals clothes of victims. Um, because yep. he is, I guess, one of the uh, uh, the people that escaped. A former victim. He is a former victim, a victim that, escaped that escaped and that... is like, obsessed with like, like I don't know, having that attention on him to like, like claim people's clothes and stuff of the victims and recreating put the trauma, pigs' blood on them basically. or some bullshit like that. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, and yeah, so I had forgotten about some of those plot elements, and I, I did remember the plot uh, about Paul Dano and how. He was mm-hmm. just like this victim uh, that was stolen, and he uh, is just yeah. He's just his IQ is like ten, like as Jake Gyllenhaal says, and he does, and there's nothing that he's just so mentally gone, <laughs> and just what Hugh Jackman does to him is so chilling, especially on this watch because like when you first watch it, you're like yeah, like he knows something, like he, he like, Paul Dano deserves this, whatever he's gonna get. And, like, you understand the desperation that Hugh Jackman's character is going through. But on this rewatch, it's so much more disturbing and chilling because you know this guy, like, ultimately, like, doesn't really deserve this at all. But just, like, uh, it's still happening to him. Nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, it's just fucking... Yeah. It takes a toll on you, but it's two hours and 33 minutes. Fastest that's gone by I, I on this watch. Like, it was over... It felt like two hours. Like, it, it was definitely, like, I felt the length at one point, but just, like, it did not feel like a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And I think that just is a testament to just how well executed the tension is throughout this whole film. And the, the, the directing by Denis Villeneuve is just on point in that regard. It's just fucking it's excellent. From the very beginning. And there's never... No, uh, I was no, going to say ahead. from the very beginning as well. Because the film opens with... it's it's I think it's maybe it's Thanksgiving. Or they're just having a get-together, basically. Mm-hmm. Is it Thanksgiving? It's Thanksgiving. Okay. Well, it opens um, on the hunting yep. scene. Right. Okay. Well, they're not trying to get a turkey for Thanksgiving dinner or anything. 
Well, no, but like <laughs> a lot of people hunt like Thanksgiving okay. morning. Oh, all right. They'll well. go out at like 4 a.m. and just hunt in the morning. And, and then, that dialogue yeah, well, with the, the film. Sun. Sorry, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the film has a very just kind of just dreary atmosphere from the very beginning because it's always wet. And that's why Spencer and I just happened to be raining that day. I don't remember when we sh- when we shot that skit, but it was raining the whole film, especially when they're looking for the children. It's just pouring rain. So you just you're very much in that atmosphere that feels like it's just it's so yucky and icky all the time. And he just does such a good job with that. And when they pair it with the slow push-ins on, like, a tree just to, like, build this tension along with the incredible score for this movie, it just creates such a a feeling. Well, and you have I don't know. Roger Deakins, who is one of the best cinematographers in the game. I mean, he finally has won his, like, two Oscars the best. Uh, in the past like, couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and he was nominated for Prisoners uh, for the Best Cinematography Oscar. Um, but yeah, no, he nailed just the feeling of this movie because last night, like yesterday it was raining when I put this movie in. So like it was already kind of cold and wet and it just, it makes you feel like that too. Just like I had the window cracked too. So like the wind would just blow in every now and then. So like I was literally immersed in the atmosphere and Roger Deakins does a great job of making you feel like that too. And there's also so many simple shots as well, like in a way, but like they're so brilliantly um executed like the the scene when detective loki is entering the rv when it's all raining and like the, he just crashed into the tree and like no one's mm-hmm. in there but like he's like is pointing the the flashlight like behind the like, at the curtains and like he's like I show me your you. hands and then just the hands just slowly come out and just like open it's fucking freaky <laughs> it's like what is, this is terrifying <laughs> but yeah it's it it also seems like basic filmography too, like or just just the shots they're using. Like it's like a, a shot of like a stick when they're when they're like basically taking the RV apart, trying to find evidence. Why is that scene so impactful? It's it's weird. Just like the still shots that they use, it just creates this just like very uneasy feeling when they're you're trying to find this evidence to convict this this person who has no idea what the fuck is going on. Villeneuve just directs the hell out of this movie. Like, and he doesn't for a two and a half hour movie, the pace stays pretty, pretty consistent. Like he does, it doesn't go too long without like some sort of action happening. Like you'll have some dialogue, some stuff with Keller and Loki and whatnot, but then there will be like Spencer said, the foot chase at the candlelight vigil. And that's, one of my favorite scores in the movie is that Johan Johansson uh, candlelight vigil score that plays. It, d- it definitely plays when Terrence Howard character comes back to the vigil and that foot chase starts. But there's just so many eerie things. Like when he goes to the priest's parsonage and the priest is passed out and he like j- goes into the basement and stuff that like that. So much. It's crazy. And, so that was a scene uh, I completely I, forgot about. This is like I had I that left me too. My yeah, mind. this is one of those movies that I wish I could watch it every time, not knowing how it ends. Because this is just one of those ones that when I watched it the first time, my jaw dropped. I was shocked. My heart was racing, and by the final moment of the movie, my heart had to be going like one fifty. I was like what's happening what's happening and then it just cuts and i'm like what the fuck like <laughs> is there like a second disc i need to yeah. put in like is this like the old vhs of like titanic where you have to swap it halfway through 
nope, that was just the end of the movie, and I was pissed, but like in a good way. I love the title of this movie. Just, it's so, Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of movies where it's like, okay, whatever. But this title actually means something. It's plural and for even a reason. In, even mm-hmm. on the, yeah, even on the Blu-ray, there's there's a whole thing where it's uh, I haven't watched it, but it's it's a line from Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie where he says everything matters when uh, uh, Hugh Jackman bring he's like Jake Gyllenhaal comes to his dad's like old rundown um, building and he's like, why don't you tell me about this and he's like well i don't think it matters like everything matters it really does in this movie because like if you really pay attention after like a second or third watch like every little thing in this movie every line every piece of dialogue every character like it all leads back to the underlying story with holly's character which and why she's doing this and what the hell is going on with alec jones and bob taylor and even hugh jackman's past why he's the way he is why he hasn't fixed up this apartment building and why he's so like neat in his house it's there's just so many elements here that i 100 percent did not notice and most people will not notice on a first watch but if you go here two or three more times like this is a very elaborate and well-written plot that oh yeah is, for sure. is very very impressive the downward spiral that hugh jackman's character goes into like you know he's trying He's trying to be positive and strong, but you finally finally get a movie where this character doesn't always come out on the bright side. He's a completely different character from the opening Thanksgiving scene, where they're happy, sitting on the couch, drinking, having a great time, to scenes in his dad's apartment complex in the bathroom. Like, that's, that's, it goes from Hugh Jackman to, like, Wolverine Hugh Jackman, just like that, when he has that hammer and he smashes that I, I want to assume it was like a non-propped sink because that looked like a legit sink that he just destroyed because Hugh Jackman's not a small dude like if he could probably actually do that so it's probably easy for him but some of the sadistic things like with the shower that gives me chills just thinking about it like being locked in like a confined space and then the water's either going to be really cold or scorching hot have a great day and then he just will like leave or turn it on and that I, shot uh, also can't in the imagine. shower is fucking excellent of uh paul dana with the eye with his yeah, eye. It's just the light that's coming through no. the plywood and it's just illuminating like one half of his face and yeah he just like it's just all beaten up and just being a little bitch do you hear what he says though because if you listen really carefully when he's in the shower, no, I, did catch it. I, in theaters, I, did, I, I definitely yeah, not in theaters. It. No, I mean it was the first time. <laughs> yeah, I don't re- remember exactly, but it was something like, but the maze, right? What was it? No, he go. He's he's in there, and then all of a sudden you just hear him go. I'm not That's Alex. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like once you hear that, you go, oh crap. Oh crap! What did this guy right, just do? Right, like, he, what's gonna happen? Freaking out! Like, what do you say? Like, what do you say? They tell me something. Like, no more riddles! Ha ha ha! He was later cast as the Riddler. Well, because yeah. there's even the scene when he's getting released from prison <laughs> and she's helping him write his name. Like he know he in the yeah. back of his mind he's he knows that's not his name, which is so chilling he to think about that. that he's still a prisoner of this woman who stole him and and is trying to mm-hmm. help him write his fucking name. And oh, um, something that I definitely did not remember until this rewatch, uh, and I even kind of glanced past it, um, but I I remembered later on. But 
the guy that he finds in the pre in the priest's basement was the husband of Holly yeah. um mm-hmm. Holly Jones. And because he came to the confession, yes. was like, "Hey, yeah, I killed like sixteen kids. We're gonna keep killing kids because this is we we think all parents should should suffer. It's God's will. Blah blah bullshit." Yeah, they wage yeah. their war um, on God because they because they lost their children. Kid. Yeah, apparently. I mean, yeah. I mean, he locked them up and well, because the priest was there, like I a guess. convicted sex offender, and then he murdered this guy. Or I guess that's the the priest I don't think did he it for God. Murdered him right on the spot. Yeah, like he kept him up in the basement. I think he tied him up. And was just maybe like, that yeah, was just you're gonna that rot was down the there. Redemption for like what he did. So we took this guy and was like, okay, this is how I can redeem myself. Because I don't know. There's a lot of. He's, he did but then it for, he became God, a drunk. Yeah, but then he yeah, became yeah. a drunk because that's a horrific act. But that that whole sequence, like it, it's now that it, it makes sense, there's a purpose behind it. But that is a scene that happens like within the first like 25 minutes or so, and then they just kind of forget about it until like it's mentioned very briefly again in like the third act. It's like oh, okay, yeah, that's right. But like that, that, I remember like midway through the movie, I'm like, wait, are we ever gonna like follow up with the priest? Like, there's one scene where he has like an interrogation, and they're really just trying to get down to the bottom of like the medallion on the ne- the necklace or whatever that has like the maze. Yeah. Um, yes. But still, I was like, if there was one gripe I have with the movie, it's maybe just like I I was they set that up and they didn't really answer it right away. But I mean, there is a purpose behind it. But, I yeah. mean, they, they, there's a lot of things that they don't answer right away, like the I. The thing, like, I guess if you could say the medallion and also the whistle are very much just like these red herring objects that it does Definitely. take them until the end of the movie to give a meaning to, you know, and then I mean until like the very last moment of the film, almost for the whistle. Yeah, and the same could be said for and, the the, and the maze, whistle so. too. Um, that whole sequence, like that, that that was all necessary in the beginning too, because the the daughter goes to the mom and asks uh, during the Thanksgiving dinner or something or after it was like, hey, like can Joy come over and help me find my whistle? And she's like, yeah. oh, like I doubt you're gonna find it. Blah blah blah. And then later on, when she brings uh, Anna into uh, Detective Loki, she's wearing the whistle and she's like, he's like, oh, like you found it? And she's like, oh no, like she. Uh, like insisted that Joy help find it, and then but she's like, no, I just bought her a new one instead. But then Hugh Jackman finds it down in that fucking hole, and then is using that to communicate the, that whole ending. So it's like it's all just like wow, it's all it's the story there's a, a meaning behind it. it. It's just yeah, it's 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 used. Everything matters in a two hour and thirty three minute movie, which is fucking crazy because that doesn't happen yeah. often. That that ending. I'm not even exaggerating. Like my heart was racing. Ugh, it was it again was on a second viewing or third viewing because the f- anytime yeah. because you know because he hints at it like right before it cuts to black, you do hear a like a whistle just barely, and it's like, it's like four or five times that you, hear you just you... and he just keeps like turning his mm-hmm. head back like wait what the fuck. And it's such a yeah, like he thinks he does, and then he doesn't. It's well, yeah, it's such a good ending because this this movie does use the score really well, and also silence really well in scenes that matter. And that's one of those scenes where it's like dead silent. All you hear is the whistle. There's it's... so many phenomenal, like I said at the beginning, career best performances from this entire ensemble. If I had to narrow it down for my favorite performance, I'm gonna have to give it to Hugh Jackman. Just because 
of the stuff that he brings to this character, like that one scene, it brings me also to my favorite moment of the film is the liquor store scene when Jake Gyllenhaal's following mm-hmm. yep. uh, Hugh Jackman and he goes and he parks at the liquor store because it's just a shortcut to this uh, old facility that he is, you know, torturing Paul Dano at. And then he realizes that Loki is following him, which was stupid of Loki. Loki fucked up badly in that scene. He just parked randomly in the street and the, and the, the truck was just beeping at him like four or five times. Like Loki fucked that up. He could have just kept on going and, and found a different pretty, like desolate spot. town too. Where yeah, it's like there's and two he, cars on the like, road. Like the, the car <laughs> honks at him twice, and then under black. his breath, he's like, go around, go around. <laughs> like just like come on, dude. Like you're gonna give yourself away, and obviously he does. But then that scene when Hugh Jackman gets in the car <laughs> with them, and then they have that moment of just like, why aren't you helping? find my daughter like you're telling me like what the fuck you and he just rages and like he just is showing some insane chops uh and he's only been nominated once and that was for les mis les mis i will put 50 dollars on the table Jean valjean whoever wants to take it he will be nominated this year well you must know something we don't about some film that he's in then for what uh for a movie called the sun Okay. It's from I know nothing director that. Florian Zeller, who did The Father. And this is his other play that he is adapting into a movie that has Hugh Jackman and Vanessa Kirby. and Vanessa Kirby? Who should have won fucking, what, a like year or two ago for that? Too. Where she was um, pregnant in that movie? I know it's not. Yeah. I just, he, he's in talks, and apparently, the from people who have like know the story and stuff, the role that he has is like, if he is going to bring anything that he brought to prisoners, he could fucking get an oscar nomination possibly so wasn't this one of those movies that was kind of just not recognized like jake gyllenhaal didn't get any nomination again it was a yeah year it was of it was just movies. cinematography for it was just like, cinematography it, yeah um there was a lot of good movies this year and it's hard to there there was a lot of snubs i think uh tom hanks didn't get nominated for captain phillips and we were like what and then there was a lot of other ones too that you know, you could have put Hugh Jackman, but he was like a dark horse. Same with Jake Gyllenhaal to even get a nomination for this film. But they both, both of them deserve recognition because they are honestly, I don't know if I'd go career best for Jake Gyllenhaal because of Nightcrawler. I mean, that movie was like transformative for him. Yeah. But Jake, or uh, in terms of Hugh Jackman, I would say this is his, probably his best. Would you say, would you agree that Hugh Jackman I, I... gave the best performance? I would. Okay. I would. Yeah. I'm going to go with Jake Gyllenhaal because of the little mannerisms that he, his character has. Like, he has this, not not a tick, but, like, you'll see him in close-up scenes with people when it's, like, really tense. He, like, <laughs> yeah, he blinks. He does, he? Yeah. He, he <laughs> blinks really intense. Like, I don't remember who I saw. It might have been Chris Stuckman. The fact that Gyllenhaal had done End of Watch... So he had that police training. So seeing him as a undercover detective, it just worked. Like he just seemed like the perfect uh, choice for that. But the final um, scene with at uh, Alex's aunt's house, when he shows up, like minutes after uh, Keller gets put in the hole, he didn't want to go, and he's just creeping <laughs> like, he through didn't the even house. Want to go over there? Yeah. No, but. When when Joy said to Keller, it was just like, you were there. And then it all just, that was the moment where everything just kind of clicked for me. 
And then I was like, oh no. And then you see the little girl on the floor and I'm like, oh, I hope this bitch dies. Not the little girl, but the aunt. <laughs> this fucking little girl dies. <laughs> and, and what he does to save her gets in the car, drives, the candlelight vigil song is playing and it's getting louder and he's just driving. Yeah. The blood's getting in his face. He can't really see until you see emergency. And he pulls a Yui in the road and pulls into the emergency. It's just yeah. tense because you're like, oh, is he going to get into an accident? Are they going to make it? it? Just all these different things and Villeneuve just handled it. That's another one of those scenes where Villeneuve kind of robs you of this conclusion, I guess, because you don't get to see Anna like reunite with anybody. You, he just drops her off, and then it, it like it almost does like a fade to white. I think in that scene, just like at the end, and then it cuts to him, and then it yeah. yeah. So it, it's just it's really, I just love the way that he makes his movies. That's just one of those things. It's like mm-hmm. you know what happens. Like you can you can make an assumption like. And this film was more obvious than others like Enemy, but um, it's just it's always better off that way because it leads you to conversations like this where it's like, oh, I wonder what happened after this exact moment or whatever, especially with the ending of this movie. It's just it makes it more fun to talk about and it overall just a more interesting film, the way that he ends his scenes. And so spoiler alert, if you have not seen Prisoners, but I mean, I'm sure you have if you're listening this far. Um, the ending, yeah, when Hugh Jackman gets shot, gets thrown into the pit, and no nobody knows that he's there, and a uh, day or two later, the forensics are, are there trying to dig up like old bodies or whatever, uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal's there as well, and then, yeah, he just slowly hears the whistle, and he hears it once, he's like, ah, it's nothing, he hears it again, ah, it's nothing, then he hears it a third time, turns around, and is looking like almost exactly where the fucking car is parked. And on the first watch, I remember it being more like ambiguous, and I remember leaving the theater being like, "Oh, I wonder if he's gonna get it." On this watch, like I was like a thousand percent sure. I'm like, yeah, "Okay, I mean, Detective Loki, he's the smartest detective apparently, who's like never uh, been able to, or he's, he's always solved a case, always been able to solve a case, like hundred percent. Like he knows something's off on that third whistle. He's like, so he's he he guarantee guarantee he he finds him. And I guess they even shot that alternative ending where he does, he opens up. Uh, the pit yeah. he looks down he sees Hugh Jackman just kind of there um but they they only shot it just in case like studio feedback from I don't test need screenings it. if they were being like oh we want the spoon feed like ending come on give it to us but they found out like no audiences are smarter than they thought they didn't need it and they were very relieved they didn't have to go with that because this was like the original ending in the script and it's it's the best ending it's for sure so much more impactful they would have ruined so it if they better. did the, the yeah. other way for sure but they they shot it just in case if they found him, yeah, if they found him, that probably would have knocked it down a couple grades for yeah. me just because you you didn't need a definitive end because you already hear like when Jake Gyllenhaal's talking to his wife in the hospital, oh, he's going to go to jail, isn't he? And he's like, probably. Um, he never calls. He It's almost like the family's preparing to forget about yeah. him. And to, and Jake Gyllenhaal's the only one that's still like I kind of want to know where he is because I think Gyllenhaal knows deep down that Keller's a good person, but he just was driven to the breaking point. I mean, so. because he definitely knows at that point that he's not responsible for what happened, other than obviously mm-hmm. uh, kidnapping and brutalizing Paul Dano's character. But yeah, like, that but he, he knows that there's the something else afoot, almost. You know. 
yeah, something, something else, else is, is wrong. wrong like it's not yeah. just it's not just the fact that oh he disappeared and they shot and killed Alex's aunt. It's like there's a connection. That's why on, also that, on that third turnaround with the third whistle and he was looking like almost right at the car. That's why like I, I'm glad we didn't have it. But it, to me, I felt like okay, no, he definitely is gonna go and find him. But like that's the yeah. thing. It's like he's just gonna go to prison. I agree. It's not really an ending that we need to see at all. But like yeah, he's. Uh, he's gonna get what he deserves, most likely. So, it's almost like Thirteen Reasons Why season two with the trial. It's like we didn't need that specific. Like, reference. imagine if prisoners went like another forty-five it, minutes, so. and it's like Hugh Jackman's trial for with Paul Dano, and it's just. Can you imagine that would fucking be horrible? Be <laughs> yeah, that would ruin it. And so that would. <laughs> he ended it the perfect it's way. Interesting that yeah. Sicario, the movie that he did like right after Prisoners, I think um, that movie had a sequel. And uh, there was talks that Prisoners was going to have a sequel, but um, I don't, they shouldn't. But the only thing that I will say about that is I think that Jake Gyllenhaal brought such a, like, just an interesting take to this detective character. It's owned by Warner Brothers. If they wanted to do, like, a miniseries on HBO Max following Jake Gyllenhaal solving more cases, like, finding a case that finally does stump him. I would be interested to see it because he is an interesting character with like, the ticks that he has and just like how much he dedicates his life to the cases. Like I'm sure we could get like a cool kind of noir modern day version of that uh, with like HBO Max or even like a spinoff movie as well. But don't dive into any of these other characters like Hugh Jackman and stuff like that. Just focus on Detective Loki because I could yeah, I could you. be I could be I'm interested so, in I'm that. S- like if they announced that, I'd be like, oh, I would 100% watch that. I don't need it though. But that's all uh, that I wanted to say. Yeah, I like, I, a sequel or more. I agree with yeah. you there. Yeah. If as long if they were to do that, acknowledge the fact that he's a cop who has been this successful. Don't mention yeah. prisoners like at all. Like it's fine as its own singular story with everything happening all Screw in that world. Case. Like you can't capture yeah. this again. I would almost rather that they just don't. Because I would rather, I would rather Thank you. imagine yeah, that they have true than see on it. HBO. So I, it's like, do another season. Yeah, of that. it's like how many detective shows are out there? I would rather just like kind of just brainstorm, be like, oh man, I wonder what if he did this? Like, what is his past stuff? Rather than being like, okay, there's a whole fucking show about it. I don't need to yeah. see that. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's such a good movie standalone by itself that it just it already poses so many questions and thoughts that. I don't need a whole fucking TV yeah. show, but it would be cool. Sure. Detective really Loki cool. was, yeah, he was just a very interesting character that I think Jake Gyllenhaal, like, he could have had something there, but... Um, oh, 100%. Didn't need yeah. it, yeah. I guess it's, it worked as a, itself. Do you want to know what my uh, one flaw oh, is with uh, this yes. movie? Yeah. What, Viola Davis and a red hat? <laughs> no? Nope. Nope. Viola <laughs> Davis is great. Um, she's very sympathetic. Um, no, it's actually... Hugh Jackman, he's holding Alex in the bathroom and he throws the fakest, ugliest punch ever. And I'm like, and it's bad because you're looking at Alex. Jackman's fist that he punches him with is in the shot too. Mm -hmm. And it obviously does not touch his face. And it's thrown at like it feels like half power and I'm like, it, cause you can hear the punch sound effect and, and it's probably stupid too, like the green mile thing, but just I'm watching that and I'm and I'm into it. it. I'm stupid. like, Oh, he's <laughs> kicking his ass. And then I just yeah. see this weak work punch. And I'm like, 
I'm pretty sure I watched this on a plane, and I'm pretty sure I like out loud was like, "Really?" <laughs> the whole <laughs> like plane is like, just, like, "Don't do, do it that. better." It's prison. It's a good movie. It happens way, <laughs> oh way God. more than you would think. I mean, it's been it's like in the Godfather. Uh, it's almost as bad as the Godfather, Godfather one, and that horrible. one. There's oh you can God, see God, the God. space between the fist and the face. Yeah, like, like, those, it was like it was worse than wrestling. Like it was just like it was horrendous. Like he throws a punch yeah. like, ten feet away from a guy, and the other guy's like, Ugh. it's like what? And also, uh, Batman Dark Knight Rises, oh. a stuntman just flies like onto his back for no reason. He's in he's in a fight with like just nothing. And he just throws himself to the back, and it's it's in the movie. <laughs> Uh, there's so many movie mistakes like that that are, I mean, it, it does happen does that, way more than you think, but. Does yeah. that bring it down like a whole letter grade for you, Nate? That one, does that bring Say it what? down like a full letter grade for you? No, thankfully I can overlook this because the intensity of the scene is so good and it's so well done. I can overlook one punch because there's like a hundred other amazing punches in this movie, yeah. so. It just, it, it was a downer. It was like, that's when, if I was Hugh Jackman, I would have been like, uh, hey, Denis, can we, can we run that one back? I, uh, the punch felt fake. Yeah. <laughs> I would have spoken up and been like, uh, I could do yeah, it. I was Hugh Jackman. Look at Paul Dano when but, there was scenes in here. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just in general. I like, would love set, to anyway. Like, God, that guy looks like a fucking. <laughs> like, hey, dude, All you right, know Paul, what? we're going for it. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they literally picked the most punchable actors possible to play the the weird people, right? With Paul Dano, and then what's the actor's name who played Bob Taylor? Oh, David, David Dow Harizian. And, and what? And the guy that who one. plays Scarecrow in The Dark Knight is the other Killian one. Murphy. Those, yeah, Killian Murphy. Those three people. I want to punch them all in the face as hard as I possibly fucking can. I wouldn't punch Killian Murphy in the face. He'd probably beat the shit out of me. Well, I mean, I think it'd be worth it if I could say the I other two. Those three eh, in the face, fine, I would. Well, <laughs> they have the most punchable faces ever. That's interesting. Um, this movie also made me hate snakes. Oh yeah, like when Jake Gyllenhaal was breaking those boxes open and the snakes, I so, jumped every fucking yeah. time. It's I, just even, on this rewatch. I even had this thought and then it quickly went went away, but I even remember thinking about this uh, when I saw it in theaters but when he first enters that room and he sees all the boxes, I'm like, oh my god is there going to be fucking bodies in there? It just like, that freaks mm-hmm. me the fuck out and mm-hmm. he just goes for it. And he starts opening the boxes and he has snakes are coming out and he doesn't close them, which he should he should just close them and move on to the next box nope. but he leaves them open and all the snakes go like all over his feet, but because it's a huge reveal where he's yeah. like, oh, the kids are probably here. Because he's like, oh, they must be here. So he doesn't even care. It's like an adrenaline moment. But Terrifying. you guys know that what she was pumping Anna full of was snake venom. Oh, I did not know that. That's Is the that significance of the snakes. Because that because Bob Taylor's character was a part of that at one point because he was kidnapped by them. So I think that's I didn't the know the meaning of behind the snakes. the snakes. I mean, but Holly also talked about. Um, Alex, the reason he's so odd is he had an incident when he was mm-hmm. a kid because her husband kept snakes. So I thought that was the connection. I think there's a lot of connections. It's also very much uh, a Everything God matters. versus the devil situation because, like, and again, Spencer called me out on this, but I watched a lot of, like, explain videos. <laughs> and the snake is supposed to represent <laughs> the devil, basically, because that's, like, you know what I mean? Nah. But. Whatever. It, there's a lot of symbolism here as well. Um, but at least like at the very end when she's injecting Anna, I'm almost positive that's meant to be oh, like makes a sense. snake venom. I mean, yeah, or like I, a paralyzing kind of because she's literally in the back of the car like convulsing and like puking. 
it's some sort of like uh paralyzing agent yeah. of some kind and, and she I mean? knew that her she it's knew like her gig was up too yeah, because yeah. i mean if if uh what's your jackman's name uh, what's his dover name? dover keller. keller keller dover what is it yeah it's his fucking first name i don't know keller it's, one of the it's other... keller dover um but yeah no i mean if, if dover yeah. knew that she was the one that was like holding them captive then i'm sure she was gonna be like all right the cops must be on their way and so she was already injecting uh on it with the i guess snake venom when Jake Gyllenhaal was there and shot her, uh, and also that that line too of like when he throw when she throws Hugh Jackman into the pit and shoots him in the leg, and then it was like, all right, well if you make a tourniquet, it might be you might live for twenty four hours just in time for me to dump like your daughter's dead body. I'm like Jesus fucking Christ. Or or when she was like, uh, don't you move or I'll have your daughter come in here brains and up, scrub yeah. your brains off the floor. You want to know something Dark else? I was like, oh my something God. Something else about Keller in German is actually basement, which is interesting because like yeah, really? basement yeah. or cellar is what Keller means in German, which he's, is he's very because like his, yeah, he's a doomsday prepper. So it's very, it's kind of weird because there's a lot of interesting things. Same with Loki's character. There's a lot of weird kind of like Greek mythology. He's like the wicked stuff. God. Yeah. So oh, he's not necessarily good or bad. He's just like mysterious. Yeah, Loki, there's a huh. lot to it, and that's just a testament to the storytelling. It's it's really incredible. Damn, I love this movie. Thank you for picking it I, this week. It's Jonathan. a good movie. I was able sure. to. Is, I mean, needs a 4K. I'll buy it oh, instantly. Same. I don't Absolutely. even have 4K. So I actually thing, watched yeah. it on Hulu. I didn't even watch the Blu-ray. Oh, wow. Yeah, because my my. Because, you know, my Xbox went to shit, so I set it up in here in my bedroom. I'm not going to watch my Blu-ray on a 1080p TV, even though it's only a 1080p Blu-ray. I just watched it on Hulu on my 4K instead. So, same, same, in my opinion, but what are you going to do? Why don't you just put the Blu-ray into your Xbox 4K TV? Because my, my 4K Xbox does not have a disk drive. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's right. Loser. I know. I know. Um, well, that's that's very disappointing. Um, two I know. for two, you flop. I didn't want to reveal that, but it it seemed to be necessary in that moment. Yeah, I mean the Blu-ray, it looked fine. I mean it's a cold, it's dark, it's it's gritty. Uh, the black levels are blasted. Uh, I did watch it on Blu-ray on a 4K TV, and yeah, I mean it was fine. You can stream it on Hulu. Does it need a 4K release? I don't think so. No. I mean, I don't really feel like it does. I mean, there's no special features I'd on, this, on this uh, disc. I mean, there's two. One about, like, the performances, and the other one just about uh, just the, the, the themes of the movie. And it was literally in total maybe 13 minutes of two special features. One was three minutes, one was ten. And it's mainly just, like, an interview with the cast when they're on set, and they're just like, yeah, this movie's dark. Like, I, it's a depressing day, man. Like, we're we're doing some heavy stuff. And, like, that's, that's really it. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's yeah. mainly just Hugh Jackman reminding people that he's really Australian. So it's 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 not really, I mean... Wait, Hugh Jackman's Australian? Yeah. So, um... Yes. What? <laughs> I did not know that. I really didn't know that. He's in a movie called Australia with if Nicole Kidman, a, who's also from Australia. If there's a 4K release of it, <laughs> and it comes with a director commentary track or something, by all means, like Roger Deakins and Denny Villeneuve, if they're doing like a commentary track on this, fuck yeah. Like, that's worth uh, oh, the re-release. That'd be a dream. Yeah, there's no track whatsoever. Uh, it's very bare bones, as we say. Um, but yeah, I mean, does it need it? No. Will I buy it if it does come out on 4K? Yes, because I want every Denny Villeneuve movie on 4K. Why not? So yeah, it's probably he might be my favorite director working so. right now. 
I would say he is, because honestly, Arrival and Prisoners, god damn, they could both be in my top ten of all time. If I'm, that's not even a joke. Inse- like, you got to watch Incendies. I would like. Incendies has a freaking so... twist that will like turn your stomach. Oof. That's the school shooting movie, right? No, that's, that's Polytechnique. Yeah, what that's am Polytechnique. I thinking of? Polytechnique. Who did that one? That's a school shooting movie that Denis Villeneuve did. Oh, okay. Denis Gotcha. So do you guys want to give final thoughts and a grade? I mean, I'm sure I can kind of guess where you guys are going with it. But, John, you are the owner, so you can you can defer to last. Yeah, I'll defer last. I'll have Spencer go first. Okay, fine. Um... Yeah, this was a movie that blew me away when I first watched it in theaters almost 10 years ago. Uh, I still feel bad for bringing my girlfriend through that because I didn't realize that uh, movies affect her very emotionally. It's too and she scary. was scared. It, it, this movie is fucking terrifying on this rewatch. And I've learned guess, with yeah. some IMDb uh, trivia that when the movie was first submitted to the MPAA, it received an NC-17 rating just due to its subject matter and tone. They had to they had to they had to cut out like a couple of frames from the torture scenes, um, and I guess they had another scene that kind of suggested pedophilia with one of the characters. So they trimmed like a couple of things, but like not much was gone uh, for it to get the R rating. I mean, it it was that fucking dark and just dreary, and you feel it throughout. But it's two hours and thirty three minutes, and it flies by. Has excellent performances. Like I said, career best from at least like Terrence Howard and Hugh Jackman. Um, so. This one, if you haven't seen it, and if you like thrillers, it's one of the best of, like, maybe of all time. It's just on the edge of your seat. So, I'm going to go four and a half out of five. It's not a five out of five for me, but this Why movie not? is fucking excellent. I think it just, it, it goes a little too hard of just trying to, like, set you up with, like, all these mazes and just, like, other, just some other stuff, like, some misdirection that like on this mm-hmm. rewatch it didn't make it as effective as like it would on a on a first time watch um but it's also just a feeling it's not a perfect movie in my mind uh yeah this is an instant 5 out of 5 uh i love everything about this movie except for that shitty work punch that Hugh Jackman throws um it's not even his which ball, that's really. that's just me that's terrible he doesn't even like wind up and like throw a hard punch it's just like a uh, and that makes it sound like he knocked somebody out. But just the music is chilling and just dreadful. Every performance across the board, to me, is just about perfect. Except for Maria Bello. She just was kind of the... I I didn't the care for her as much. Yeah, because she was kind of put on the back burner towards the end of it. Like, you don't really get a lot of her. She's just in bed. Performance, I thought, was excellent. Or crying. But, yeah. She's good. But, like, I think Melissa Leo, just the way she kind of, she molded into that character. And that's why I wish I could watch this movie without knowing. Because the first time I watched it, I'm like, she doesn't, she's not going to have anything to do with us. That's what the characters are Until... Until yeah. Hugh Jackman turns around and she's holding the gun. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. okay, shit's about to go down. And then she reveals with her husband and the LSD arsenic drink that she makes them drink. It's just like, oh my god. But yeah, this movie just, it gets me every time. 
every single time. And the candlelight vigil score is one of my favorite scores ever, just because I hear it and I immediately, my, my inner core just goes cold. I don't know why, but I hear it and I'm just like, oh, I know what this symbolizes and I don't like it. <laughs> this movie uses the audience to its advantage. Um, and that, that candlelight vigil scene is no exception because that's when you know that Terrence Howard knows what's going on with Paul Dano's character, but no one else does. And that's why he's breaking down, but everyone else thinks it's because of his daughter missing. And that the, they... He, which, which it yeah, also which is. It is. But, but like... it, it's a lot. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many instances of that throughout the movie where, like, even at the end with Jake Gyllenhaal, where you know it's like, okay, he's under the Trans Am. He's fucking right there. But, I mean, there's been 16 or so children that have died under that Trans Am. So it's it's just such – again, I say this a lot with movies, but it's, like, multifaceted. There's a lot of storylines. There's a lot of elements here that are just done so well. And you could break down every single one of these characters and open up a can of worms. And there's just so much about them that is so fascinating. Hugh Jackman, Holly, Bob Taylor when he's introduced, Alex Jones. Like, you could do a whole movie on him. You know, you really could with whatever the hell he went through for the first 10, what, he's probably 20 something and he's still being looked over by Holly's character. Like, it's fucking terrifying. Like, it's it's absolutely unreal. And Spencer said in the beginning, but this movie does fly by. It does feel like two hours, but there's so much packed in here that it absolutely deserves a couple viewings to be like, oh, fuck like that. Wow. I didn't realize that the first time around. My one nitpick, I think, was like, okay, did this have the same impact? Because it almost reminded me of our Sixth Sense review where I'm like, okay, we know this huge ending, this huge twist, but does it still feel like a full film where you have maybe not the same impact, but a similar impact that still hits you? I think it does. I think it does. It's it's not the same as the first viewing, but it... That's yeah, with every of course. Movie. Like it, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, you know, I already knew the ending, like... Of course you did, but I think it. I think it's nearly a perfect film. And from a year of movies that I just I loved, so many of the movies that came out in 2013, I looked at my list and I realized I'm a fucking idiot. I had this like at like 25. Like I don't know what I was doing. I moved it up to two. I had it. At I eight. moved it from yeah. Yeah, I moved it up to two. I put it right behind the spectacular now, and then her is right next to it, which we'll talk about next week. But uh, it's a five out of five. This film was absolutely fucking phenomenal. I love this movie in every way. It's so good. Okay. Wow. Boom. Well, big Boom. fan Mike of Prisoners <laughs> on the Those Movie Dudes it's podcast. So uh, if you haven't seen this movie and you listen to us basically spoil the whole thing, uh, you can go and watch it on Hulu, <laughs> Sorry. as John did, even though he owns the Blu-ray. But that's just what mainstream boys do. Apparently, um, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, no. Thank you for picking it. That was definitely long overdue rewatch for me. And you guys didn't really realize how much you guys truly fucking love this movie. But it is one to be appreciated for sure. Love it. It is worth it. And it's Denis Dude, Villeneuve. I feel like he just it's one that fucking miss. He's just that good of a fucking director. It's he doesn't insane. like can't. He make a bad movie. movie that he does the world over. I want to see theaters. I've I've inter- I've brought back Arrival and Prisoners. One of you guys need to bring back another one of his movies so we can watch Enemy. We need to watch Enemy. I've again. almost picked like, Enemy multiple times, but there's so many instances where I've just been like, I don't know, not not this week. Is yeah. it streaming anywhere? Yeah, 
I don't know. It might be on Netflix. I like it might be. It was Fuck on Netflix. No, I, I would love think. to watch. I don't think I've seen it since theaters. I, I have not. No, seen it I since haven't theaters. seen that one or Sicario since theaters. Um, Holy shit! Or Blade yeah, Runner twenty forty nine. I think I, I watched watch Spencer's Blu ray four K. I haven't seen the whole thing. Wow, that's another. I, I own twenty forty nine. I haven't watched um, it since theaters. So, well, anyways, yeah. uh, we're not watching any more Denis Villeneuve movies uh, next week. Instead, we are watching another uh-huh. movie from the same year. 2013 uh no we're not a 2013 retrospective podcast it's just a coincidence uh but we I are watching movies <laughs> as you said in the beginning i graduated yeah, in 2013 well, yeah. so like it was 2014, yeah but uh so was going to movies might as well be 2013 um but no we are going to be revisiting her directed by spike jones joaquin phoenix scarlett johansson amy adams rudy mara yeah Chris Pratt, I think. Now we're going to do movie. All Is Lost, Place Beyond um, the Pines. We're going to do yeah, so many 2013 movies. No, we're not. Escape from Tomorrow. But we are going to do Her next week. So uh, if you haven't seen it, it is in the uh, Netflix top 10 movies right now. Uh, so you can go and watch it. It's trending on Netflix because it just got added, I think, uh, like a week ago. And people are checking oh, it shit. out again. So you can go and watch it on Netflix. Come back next week and listen to our discussion of Her. I have seen it twice. I think that's it. I think it's I've been seen a minute. it three times at least, probably. But seen it go. once. But yeah, yeah, we'll Her. talk about that next week. I'm, I would love. I would literally talk about that movie right now. <laughs> well, we're not it's going so good, to. but, uh, but we're not can, going to. But instead of putting Ooh. the Blu-ray into, into uh, your Burned. Xbox, you can just watch it on Netflix. You piece of shit. Um, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Well, you can follow us at those movie dudes on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes of Collector's Corner are every Thursday. And if you have a suggestion, especially you, Moviethon, let us know what movies you'd like us to watch and discuss. Leave a comment, DM us, whatever you want to do, and vote in our surveys like every three weeks. That's where you can help decide the lineup of the and show. Mainstream Boys will be back, Moviethon. I know that you're, you literally asked us, where's Mainstream Boys? I'm like, hey, man, I know, but... Uh, you know how it is with movies these days. It's hard to find something that's uh, worth going out to see. But You can just go um, to my letterbox because I do watch all the new release movies, even if we don't talk about them in an episode. I still have some like, little couple thoughts on them. So much fucking time on your hands, don't you, over there? I watch movies You're like late a at duck night. swimming on a pond. That's what like, they do. Man, you got nothing better to do. Every night I try to watch a movie. So, yeah. I respect it. I respect right. it. Okay, then. And that's a toodles from Mainstream Boy. Quack, quack. Let's get talk to your pediatrician maybe your primary care doctor about that